our oxygen, it's our life source. And Father, let us never graduate or grow past the desperate need for your love every single day. It's your unsearchable riches. so present in the midst of problems and circumstances. Thank you for being near. And thank you, Father, that you have more of a passion for us than we have for you, far more. touching people's bodies. So if you feel a, a feeling in your actual physical body, um, I want you to raise your hand if you had a pain or a sickness in your body. It might feel like there is a heat. It might feel like you can feel the pain leaving. Um, I don't know. It might feel like there's like a sensation, like a tingling sensation where there was pain or where there was a problem. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I feel like Jesus is touching people in the room without even praying. If anybody has anything, check it if it was something that was bothering you. We got one in the back. That's awesome. What was it, DeAsia? Your ankle? How's it feel? It's a little better? Keep checking it. Anybody else? We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to represent Jesus. To manifest Jesus. Anybody else? What's going on, Brittany? Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel it at all. That's awesome. Did you feel anything or you just felt the pain go? Amen. That's awesome. We welcome you, Jesus. Anybody else? you love us, God. Um, I guess like just because it was both of them, but if, if you're dealing with any pain in your ankles or feet at all, let's just pray for that right now. So that's you. Raise your hand. Ankles or feet pain. All right, DA just still got some. Robin, ankle, feet. Raise your hand high so people can see you. Right, raise your hand real high. Ankle and feet specifically. Okay. So Robin, we need some people around Robin. Just lay hands on her and pray for her. Just we just need people around Robin. A couple people. So Robin, then we got Deasia as well. So at least two people around you. Okay, Deasia. Yep. And yeah, I can't see that right behind. Here you go. Cool. James Scott's got you. Come on. Awesome. So yeah. Whatever ankle it is, we'll just start praying for it right now. We'll take about 10, 15 seconds, and we'll have them check it, okay? Awesome. In Jesus' name, right now, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You just speak to the ankles. You speak to the pain. speak to the bones, ligaments. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be whole, 100% totally healed right now. All pain, get out. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right, check it, check it, check it, check it. See what y'all think. Any pain at all? Any, any difference? It's lighter. You, a light bruise. We don't want that either. Um, yeah, y'all pray again for her too. Pray one more time. Don't change. Don't change your prayer. Just pray the same way until it's completely gone. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for what you do. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, check it again. Check it again. Just see if it's changed at all. Any, any more different? What do you think, DeAsia? Yeah, you like that? That's going to suck. Come on. Cool. Robin, you're feeling better? 
Yes, amen. Praise God. Come on, guys. Give it up. That's sweet. That's awesome. Amen. You guys want to give our team a hand? You guys may be seated, Simon says. Oh, the kids are heading out to Jesus Kids. You are dismissed at this time. Huh? Oh, yeah, you guys can greet somebody as you sit down. Sorry, stand back up, Simon says. Welcome to Jesus Church. Um, yeah, we're glad you guys are here. I have a couple announcements before we get started. I know last week, well, it doesn't matter about last week. This is a new day. <clears throat> we, uh, we are not having a Christmas Eve service. I know I'm, I announced that last week, but sorry. You're clapping, Steve. Are you happy about that? <laughs> so, yeah, we're not having a Christmas Day or a Christmas Eve service. So our Christmas service will be December the 18th, the weekend before Christmas, okay? So no Christmas Eve service. I know I announced it last week. Um, yeah, it was a false, false, false prophecy. So no, we, we, just had some, we just had a lot of people that had different Christmas parties and stuff like that. We thought we could make it work, but we didn't. Um, so my apologies. No Christmas Eve service, nothing Christmas Day. Our Christmas service will be December the 18th. Is that cool? Everybody understand entirely? If you show up here, you're welcome to be in the parking lot. The doors might be open. Um, as in, like, we might forget to unlock them, or might forget to lock them, and you can just come in if you want, but there's not going to be anybody here. So no Christmas Eve, no Christmas Day. December the 18th is our Christmas service. All right? Um, I don't know if we have any other announcements. We have women's dinner. Robin, when is it the 16th? 16th at 7 p.m. here. 6 p.m. here. You might do it. Oh, you might hold it in a home. Next week, we will have the exact details. But If you are a woman, have it on the 16th. We're having a, a women's dinner. There'll probably be fruit, fruit cake there, because it's. So if that's if that's something that you want, why you want to come, or maybe that's why you won't want to come. No, I'm just kidding. But women's dinner. Um, so yeah, it's funny. I was a. Uh, this is what I was thinking about. Um, I wanted to share. We've been praying a lot about this uh, as an elder team, as a as a leadership team, uh, and then it's been on me and Taya's hearts for a while. Um, our vision here at Jesus Church is to impact ultimately the world, just like Jesus' vision. But our, our vision is to impact communities and build healthy communities. Did you not give me a water? Did you forget? Dang it. You're going to get me a water? There you go. Thank you. Just your wife's Bible. Um, but our, 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 our heart is to build healthy communities in Jesus, like through, through a healthy body in a local church, right? I always talk about it. The church is not a Sunday gathering. It is not a building. The church is a community of believers that do life together. The church is a community of believers that's a family, right? So 
We are Jesus' church. We gather in a building every once in a while, but we are the church. We are a family. And one of the ways that we want to create, um, we've been praying about this for a while, but we feel it on our hearts and we're going to start pursuing it, is Jesus' church is going to um, start and, and, and run a, a coffee shop in downtown DeWitt. So our plan is to, is that cool? Are you excited? Yeah. So our plan, and this is why. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to run it as a, non, a not-for-profit business. So we are going to, we're going to support four key areas in DeWitt and the surrounding areas, which is family, education, um, arts and culture, and health and wellness are our four key areas of support. So what that looks like is, like, we'll make no money on it, ex- except for the money that we bring in, we'll, we'll take all that money and give it back out. That's after operating costs. So, like, for example, let's say that, let's say that our, the coffee shop that we're running, it costs us $10,000 a month with coffee beans, electrical bill, you know, paying the baristas, all of that kind of stuff. $10,000, let's say we bring in $20,000 in the month of March. What we'll do with that extra $10,000 is we'll turn around and give that back into these four key areas. So, in, let's say, for example, like the family is one of our key areas. Let's say that there's a pregnancy center that helps and, and supports um, women that are considering abortion or considering, you know, terminating their baby. They give them guidance in the sense of, um, like, discipleship, helping people that are making that decision to choose life and then mentor them into being a mother, things like that. We will take, say, you know, the month of March, we brought in $20,000. We'll take that extra $10,000, and that will be an area that we support so that, you know, Life Choices Pregnancy Center in North Lansing or North DeWitt or whatever, wherever it's at, we can now funnel those funds as a blessing to the community while also creating community in, in DeWitt through people in Jesus Church and giving us a place to, to, to build that community in the, in the downtown area. Does that make sense? So very, it's going to be pretty cool. Our plan is, and this is why I'm saying, is if you guys want to be a part of it and want to give, I set up a fund on our website. Um, or you can, could we write, like, in our, like, our giving area? Could we do that with, with like, just write it in, like, the memo or whatever? Yeah, just write, um, it's going to be called Dwelling Coffee Company. Dwelling Coffee. So um, if you want to give online or that, but, like, our goal is to raise the money by March the 1st, okay? We need $83,000. So that's for everything, build out, equipment, um, first or three months operating costs. Simon's helping me build this business plan. What is it? Operating costs for the first couple months. Um, and yeah, but our primary reason why we're doing this is, now me and Taya talk, because we live in downtown DeWitt, is like, we want to be a blessing in the community, and we want to create community where people are encountering people that love Jesus, right? Like, in DeWitt, it's, like, specifically where we live. It's hard to, it's hard to just, there's not really a place for people to just come and connect and, and, and kind of um, just belong or just even just enjoy, like, time together. Um, so what we're trying to do with that is, let's say we open the coffee shop, which we're going to do. We're going to put a bunch of people in there that really love Jesus. And then we're going to put a bunch of other people in there and open, or not put a bunch of people, we're going to open the doors and welcome people that don't love Jesus and just let them touch people that do love Jesus, right? And what that looks like is us, we're, we're trying to build a culture in DeWitt and in this area that looks like the kingdom of God. That's our goal. Like our goal is to build the kingdom of God on this earth, right? Jesus says on earth as it is in heaven. It's the goal of the Father. Like we are not called to just build big buildings and hope people come. That's not our plan. And it's because it's not, frankly, not really working well. Like, nobody, people that are, it's like, and I'm, I'm saying that with the best intentions. It's not, like, the world is not changed when we build another build, big building. But the world is changed when we put people that love Jesus and that know his love to get where people need his love. Does that make sense? So our goal in this coffee shop, and this is just one area that we're going to pursue. Like, there's many other things we're going to do in Jesus Church. But this is just one area, and this is kind of, I feel like, our next step. Um, me and Taya have been praying about it a while. Then we went to our elders. We talked to them about it. We've been praying about it, and we all agreed, and then we kind of brought it to our leadership team, and we've been kind of building this plan. Um, but we just want to make it available for you guys to be, a part, to be partners with it. Here's why it's important, and this is, 
like frankly, in my own sense, I don't really even like talking about finances. You don't ever hear me talk about it because I'm the guy that's like, I'm going to tell Jesus and not tell anybody else and it's going to work out. But what I'm doing by doing that is I'm doing a disservice to people that want to be involved. So when Brandon works, you know, Moffat Construction and and he receives a paycheck, he can take his finances and now turn around something that is just physical and turn it into a spiritual seed into the kingdom of God where he's actually bringing the kingdom of God into the earth, right? And if I don't give him opportunity to do that, or give, if he doesn't even know about what, what we're doing, then I'm, I'm doing him a disservice of him laying up treasures in heaven for himself. You understand? Right? Yeah. And he, I don't give him an opportunity to sow and to reap because God, God says, he's like, as the earth continues, he's like, Sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. It's like, those are something that's always going to happen. And it's something that, because I've lived my life in faith in the sense of just living by faith and not relying on, on like I don't ask people for things. And I, I've always watched Jesus come through. But that's a, a situation where I really want us to be a part of what we're doing in Jesus Church. And I want you guys to feel, my cup is overflowing. That good time. I wanna I want to give you guys opportunity to really belong in what we're doing here. I want you guys to be a part of what we're doing here. So that's why. Um, I believe that it's gonna be super fruitful. I think it's gonna be some of some of our heart like going forward for, for dwelling coffee is like so like I said, these four key areas health and wellness, education, family, um, arts and culture. And to be honest, it kind of gives us a broad, a super broad area that we can give to where we want to give. That's the only reason why. And if somebody comes to us outside of those four key areas, I can tell them, no, you don't fall inside those key areas. That's why I chose that. So, <laughs> but let's say that, you know, Nathaniel and Amy have a heart to start, to start, um, you know, a ministry that feeds the homeless or whatever. And it's like, okay, they're, they're building healthy families in DeWitt or, what, and, or in Lansing or whatever. We can now help support them going forward. And it's like, we'll have this. And we're creating a network of, co- of people that are pursuing the kingdom of God in this whole area to all just create unity to, to build the kingdom of God. Because it's not just about Jesus Church doing it. There's a lot of people that do a lot of good things all over this whole area that I don't even know about. You know what I'm saying? But now when I have money that I want to give away, because it's, we're not trying to make any money, we don't even care about that. We're just trying to bring the kingdom. Then we're going to connect with all these people and lock arms and really do an impact in this region. Does that make sense? So that's our heart behind why we're doing what we're doing. Are there any questions on that? Yeah. We will serve decaf. Is that all you had? We will serve decaf. Super good decaf, actually, because I enjoy decaf every once in a while. Huh? I have not picked a location. So um, we're in the funding side of it and the business planning side of it, finding everything we need, equipment, and then we're going to find a location. But we're shooting for downtown DeWitt somewhere. So if anyone knows of a good spot downtown DeWitt, you let me know. Any other questions? Yeah. No, that's the thing. So the companies and organizations that we support don't have to be believers or Christian organizations. As long as they're building Christian values, which is family, community, like falling into those four key areas, which because there's a lot of people that do humanitarian good things, and it's like, we can support, like, I would love to support, if they have, let's say they have a, 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 a minute, not even a ministry, I keep saying ministry, but just an organization that tutors, tutors kids that don't have, you know, that need help in school. Like, that is a good thing to sow into, regardless of whether they're believers or not. And what we're doing by sowing into that is we're bringing the kingdom of God into that area. Because we're putting what we own in the sense of financial blessing that the Lord has given us which is blessed because it came through our hands and now we're sowing blessing into other people. Does that make sense? So it's like without them, like everybody, like we all, there's so much that the Lord wants to do in the world and it's like we just have, like we have to, and I know that there's been a lot of like problems in this area, but we just have to get, get away from the idea that, that Christians can't have money and can't have influence. Right? Like we, and I'm not trying to say that we all need to be rich and, and all, but like, we need to have influence in the areas that we are. And it's like, 
like wisdom gives you influence. And if we are full of the wisdom of God and we're full of a heart of God, God will raise you up and give you opportunity for, and it's not that he's going to make all your wildest dreams come true, but I am saying that he is going to give you opportunities and you want to have an opportunity. Like I need to have money so that I can sow and bless into people's lives, plain and simple, right? That's what Paul's talking about in the, in the area of finances. He's saying that you may abound and have all sufficiency for every good work. How many guys have ever had like somebody, you heard a need or you've heard of somebody that had a need like in their family, in their finances and whatever. And it's like, you wish you could have gave to that, but your money wasn't there to give to it. Has anyone ever had that happen? Has anyone ever seen a, a situation where like, even in church, like, hey, this, 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 this family lost their house. This family needs this. Like, we're going to support them. If you guys want to give to them, you can. Like, I've been there to where you're like, I really wish I could give. And if I had the money, I would give, but I don't have the money. That's not what the Lord has for you, right? As a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called to have all sufficiency for every good work. And it's not about, it's not about, because the Lord, it's a heart posture because it's not about you. It's about other people, right? So the Lord wants to get your heart. And when he gets your heart, he wants to funnel things through your life. It's like, I always say, if, you know, if, if a, if a billionaire really understood who Jesus was and knew his, they would, they could absolutely change an entire region because of the finances that they have. So it's not about like, and I know like finances hit people's like religious bone in their body, but it's like, you have to have finances to do what you need to do in the kingdom. And it's like, when you step, I can't even tell you the amount of times where I'm like, I didn't have any, any money or didn't have any time. People were like, when we first started Jesus Church, people were hounding me and giving me money. And I'm like, I'm not, stop. I, I don't have anything set up. Stop. I would literally say, do not give me any money. I don't need any money. I was like, well, I'm in my living room. I don't need any money. Like, I'm not paying for anything. Like, stop it. And they're like, no, we have to give to what God's doing. And I'm like, just like, stop. I literally had all this money in my drawer, in my sock, sock drawer, like piled up in there. And somebody heard about it and they're like, that's not safe. We're going to buy you a safe so you can put the money in. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God. We went to the safe, we went to the store and the guy was like, like, it was me, the guy that was buying me this safe. And he's like, and he knows I hunt. So he's like, I'm going to get you a giant safe. And he's like, that's what he said. He's like, for your guns and your money. I'm like, whatever, dude. So we're sitting there. It's the guy that's working there, this guy and me, and he opens the door, and I see the price tag. And I'm like, it's a giant safe. I'm like, bro, I have like three guns, five guns. I don't need a 50-gun safe. He's just like, are you, are you going to rob my blessing of what I'm sowing into you? And I'm like, I'm, like, the guy's right there, and I'm like, I guess not. He's like, we'll take two of them. I'll take one also. And I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. But I'm serious, but like that's because when you're doing the work of when you're doing the work of the Lord, like God doesn't it's so crazy. Like if you look at when the Lord sent out the 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 70 into the earth, you guys remember that story? Is it the 70? But it, it's earlier in Luke. He sends them out, he says, Take neither knapsack, money bag, take don't take two tunics, don't take more than what you have on you, right? Why? A worker is worthy of his wages, Jesus says, because he's trying to teach them. He's like, I want you to live believing that when I send you out, there's going to be provision for what you have, what you're called to, right? So when, you, when they're sent out, well, we should just read it. Let's just read it really quick. <clears throat> it's in Luke um, chapter. Uh, Luke chapter 9. If we have any more questions about what we're doing, I want you to just raise your hand. I'll, I'll answer them, but I want to kind of get into this. Luke chapter 9. Man, this is so good. We should read verse 1, just, but I feel like we're going to get into it if we do. It says, then he called, verse 1 of Luke chapter 9. Are you kidding me, Steve? Dude, that thing rolled all the way up here. <clears throat> Man, Luke chapter 9. I'm sure when Jesus was teaching, like, he's teaching, like, out in the streets. I'm sure there was a lot of donkeys and chickens and just craziness going on. You know what I mean? Wow. Luke chapter 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over how many demons? All demons. And to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. 
What did he send them to preach? The kingdom of God. What did Jesus preach? The kingdom of God. Now here's the thing. The kingdom of God is very, very important for us to understand because it's what we're called to live in and preach. We are in the kingdom of God. Jesus is king of our kingdom, and he is king whether they know it or not. We're called to just make sure that it's established. The kingdom of God is what we are called to preach as the body of Christ, and we spent the majority of the time preaching the kingdom of, or the gospel of salvation and not the gospel of the kingdom. I'm about to, like, hear me through. Salvation is part of the kingdom, but it's not the entirety of the message. Right? The majority of times we've, we've built buildings and preached, and preached in churches that it's about salvation, which salvation is very, it's vital to walk. I mean, obviously, that's why Jesus says, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom, implying that once you're born again, you'll see what the kingdom's about. Right? So Jesus preached the kingdom, which is born again is the, you know, the entrance, the door, the, the birth certificate into the kingdom of God. So once you're saved, once you're born again, you experience something that enters you into the kingdom of God. But now, it's funny because Brandon shared a word with me before that he saw in pre-service prayer. And he was like, he said he was looking into a tomb. And he's like, and he was thinking, he's like, why am I looking in this tomb? And he's like, I'm looking back at where, you know, the person I used to be, the mindsets that I used to have. And I talk about it all the time. It's like, we can't have the same mindsets once we enter the kingdom anymore. Like, we can't be looking back for answers in the way that we used to do things, not what, what, what God's given us now, what he's changed in us now, right? Like, we can't be looking, it's like, I think about, like, what they said to Jesus, like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? That thing's dead and gone. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? But I want us to see something is, in the kingdom of God, God wants to bring the kingdom to earth. That's why he told his disciples, you pray like this, right? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So the, 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 well, first off, the father, he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we leave the idea of family, we leave the idea of kingdom. Does that make sense? That's why the strength of Jesus church and the strength of healthy communities is healthy families, healthy marriages, healthy families. So that when we have healthy families, when we have healthy marriages, we, have a, we, we represent the kingdom well to people because we understand we have a healthy father, right? So when he's saying he's like not our king, our ruler, our authority. He's saying our father in heaven because everybody's looking for a place in the kingdom. Everybody's looking for a place in the family. And, and God wants sons and daughters. He doesn't want slaves and servants. Does that make sense? So it's something that we experience as as believers in Jesus, as sons and daughters of God, we experience the kingdom of God. And when we experience the kingdom of God, we realize that God wants to bring the kingdom into the earth. And I remember I heard a, I heard a pastor say it. Me and Jerry were at this, at this church planning school. And it was like, he said, the Lord spoke it to him. And I was like, man, that's such a good word. Is the kingdom of God enters the earth through the hearts of men. So once we experience the kingdom of God on the inside, we can now bring that kingdom into the earth. That's what God wants to do. I was just thinking about it. It's like he wants to do what he's done in your life everywhere else, plain and simple. And until we, until we see that, that everybody has a place and everybody has a calling, every single person has a calling. In the, there, there is nobody that sits on the sidelines in the kingdom of God. And my job as the pastor is to make sure that we all see that clearly. Because I'm not, like, like I always say, I'm not trying to get butts in seats and I'm not trying to get you guys to come to church. That's not, my, that's not my goal. I'm trying to get you guys to see that the kingdom, what did Jesus say when they asked him, they said, when is the kingdom coming? Does anyone know what, it, what he said? It doesn't come with careful observation, right? He doesn't say, look here. He says, you won't say, look here, look there. The kingdom's coming. He says, it doesn't come with observations. You can't see it. What does he say though? Because it is inside of you, right? The kingdom of God is inside of you. So God does something in your life and he puts the kingdom of God on the inside of a man that's changed and walking in right relationship with him. And the kingdom of God now comes and rules in your life, in your family's lives, because it's living on the inside, right? There's nothing better than life eternal. There's nothing better than righteousness before God. There's nothing better than having peace and joy and righteousness 
in the Holy Ghost in your life. There's nothing better. You can't, you cannot, you can't top it in anything else, right? There's no money. There's no fame. There's nothing else. That's why once you experience something in Jesus and you experience what he has for you, like we're singing, everything else is for him because there's nothing else worthy, right? There's no, like I was thinking up here, I'm like, the thought went through my head. I'm like, man, Lord, like everything else, the best thing I can do is shut my door and I have you. Like that's the best thing that you got for me. Like there's nothing else that is ever going to matter. I can shut my door and I know you're there. And that's a kingdom of God that I'm experiencing, right? The kingdom of God is a, it's a reality that we should experience and walk in. So look at this. He sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick, implying that the kingdom is preached well when people are healed. And he gave them authority over demons because Jesus says it. He goes, when I cast a demon out by the finger of God, he says, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So look, so think about this. When somebody is struggling with a demonic oppression, right, whatever that case is, it doesn't matter. But there's something that the enemy is touching in somebody's life. When the kingdom of God comes, the enemy leaves. That's what Jesus says. When I cast the demon out, the, he says, surely the kingdom has come upon you. So Jesus is showing you that when the kingdom comes, there's, there is actual evidence to what it looks like when it comes. I'm blowing your mind right now. Think about that. Right? When the kingdom of God comes upon somebody, something looks different in their lives. This is what we're trying to do, and this is what I want us to see, is that in our own personal lives, when we experience what God has for us, and when we give ourselves entirely to the kingdom of God, there is absolute transformation. There is absolute freedom. There is absolute healing. There's absolute deliverance. There's, you're setting up the king's domain in your life. Does that make sense? Jesus is the king, and the kingdom is when the king is ruling, right? Like, Jesus has no authority outside of his kingdom. Does that make sense? Let me say it this way. Jesus does it. Any king has no authority outside of his kingdom, right? So Jesus comes, and this is what's amazing about with Jesus, is he's the ruler of all, but he chooses to set his kingdom up on the inside of men. That's his choice. And then he chooses now to bring that same kingdom into the earth through the people that are carriers of that kingdom. That's amazing to me, dude. That's God's plan A. That's why the disciples are God's plan A. And then the 70, and then the 120, and then the 3,000. And then that was God's plan, was I'm going to put the kingdom in these guys right here. And then these guys are going to put the kingdom in these guys right here. And then from these guys, they're going to put the kingdom in everybody that they touch. And that's God's plan until the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of God. That's what Jesus, that's what he stays up at night thinking about, right? And he doesn't even sleep. But he thinks about how can I impact the places that are yet to be ruled by me because I know how good of a king I am. That's what's amazing about it. He's a servant, lover, king, friend, king. Like everybody, and that's what I love it is because like I've heard a pastor say, he's like every, everybody wants a king like Jesus. Everybody. Like he's the best. He rules well. And he rules, with his, he rules his kingdom with a scepter of righteousness. But he sends his guys out right here to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Guys, I want us to see this. Is what, in what place, where in life and where in the world do you see when somebody can come and everything about them, everything that they've ever done can be completely forgotten and washed away? Where do you experience that anywhere else but Jesus? Right? Where do you experience unconditional love, not based on what you do, just based on who he is? Where do you experience that outside of him? You can't. Where do you experience absolute, complete acceptance because he sees exactly who you are, not based on what you've done? Where do you see that? Where do you experience perfect peace? Nowhere else in the world but the kingdom. Nowhere else in the world but Jesus. And that's what Jesus' goal is. It's for you to experience something that absolutely revolutionizes and changes everything about you. So that where you go, the kingdom of God goes. To where when you encounter somebody that needs absolute forgiveness, they receive absolute forgiveness because you've experienced absolute forgiveness. Man, I'm making simple the gospel really clear. I'm making simple the gospel really clear. 
I'm making the gospel simple and really clear. I was not an English major. I went to Bible school for a reason. Right, like Simon says, he looks at the website all the time. He's like, dude, I just, I, he spends his work days just looking at the website for typos of, of what I do. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear it. Like, you know what I mean? That's why Paul, when he would teach or he would talk, somebody else would write it down for him. So maybe that's what you're called to do, Simon. <laughs> just have you sit next to my door as I talk and you just write it down. To, to the church of Corinth, Dylan called to be a pastor. No. There's nowhere else that you experience anything like that. And there's nowhere else that people will ever experience anything like that if they don't experience it from you. You understand, that's God's plan A, is that God wants each and every one of us to be so captivated by the love of God that when we look at another person, we can't help but love them like God loves them because we've experienced the love that no one else has experienced that no one else has experienced in front of us. And it's, they're called to, to receive it from us. We have to let this become our DNA and our, our mindset and our, our culture, the way that we think, is that every situation, every person, everywhere, like where you guys are, where you guys live, where you guys work, is set up for the kingdom of God to come because you're there. It's set, it, it is set up. Like, your neighbors are set up for the kingdom of God to come. That's why you're there. Like, when, the, when we bought our house in downtown DeWitt, the Lord's like, this is why I'm bringing you here, so that light can come. I'm like, praise God. But, and it shows me that I'm like, I'm here for one reason. Like, I live in this neighborhood because of this reason. Right? I live in that house, the house that I, that I live in. I live there because the kingdom of God is supposed to come into that area. And the Lord wants to do it through me. And if you wake up with that purpose, then you'll wake up with a purpose, right? It won't just be, I'm like, man, when, am I, when are we going to buy a new house, Taylor? Like, when are we going to get a different house, this and that? And I always like, because I love to dream about like what our next house could be and what, I'm always like, what's our next thing that we could do? She's just like, let's just chill. <laughs> but I'm like, man, Lord, like I got to make sure that the kingdom comes to this place before I go anywhere because we're going to have to set up a, a do we're going to have to set his domain up before we leave. Right? Because I feel like, and I, I kind of heard this today, it's like there's so much untapped potential and there's so, many un, there's so many dreams that are yet to be unlocked in people's hearts in this house. And I don't, I don't want us to live our lives like that. I don't want us to live our lives with dreams and potential and purpose in our hearts that is yet to be discovered because I'm not giving you an opportunity and not giving you vision for what it could look like. Like, I'm, whenever I think about, because a lot of times people preach and people talk about Jesus and the gospel, and they make it very mystical. And I'm all for, like, Jesus blowing my mind. I'm all for that. But, like, I want to, like, it, this makes a lot of sense to me. Does that make, does it make sense to you? That, like, okay, so Tyler lives in this apartment complex in DeWitt. It makes a lot of sense to me that oh, the way that Jesus wants to impact that apartment complex is because Tyler lives there. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because this is the problem. If we don't understand that, we'll pray all day long that God touches our city. Father, we just want you to touch our city, but we live in our city. Do you see what I'm saying? And God's just like, I touched you. So I did touch your city, I thought. Do you see what I'm saying? It's what God has called us to as the believers. And if we don't have that as our mindset, what we will do is we'll build really big buildings and hope people come. Right? Like I have a dream and a vision and a heart to, to, to start communities like this all over the place. But if, I don't have, if we don't have this as our culture and our, our heartbeat, that like wherever we're at, we can touch Jesus or we can touch people with Jesus, then we'll, we'll plant churches all over we won't, we won't plant little outposts of the kingdom. Because the church of God is how the kingdom of God comes into the earth. Because the church of God is people that are surrendered to Jesus. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? This is why... Should I finish my thought or you want to ask it? This is why Jesus, or Christianity is a full contact sport. 
full contact sport because everybody's involved. And that's why we come together to be stirred up in love and good works. Because when we gather, we're getting stirred up so that we can go out and do love and good works. So when Simon's working at a certain job, he's working there realizing that, man, every day he wakes up, Jesus wants to touch people's lives. And it's not his striving. It's not his effort. It's, not, it's, it's a byproduct of him being close to them because he's experienced something, right? It's so funny because like, okay, so Jesus loves Bailey. Bailey doesn't know the Lord, but Simon knows the Lord, just got saved. The way that he wants to impact Bailey is through Simon. Grand scheme. The way that he wants to impact their whole family is through them two together, walking as one. The way he wants to impact that whole area is through their family doing the, doing the work of the kingdom. But it just starts with one person that's surrendered, right? But here's the thing. The way that, he, the way that Bailey experienced the love of God is not so that Simon has to realize it and, and I'll walk it out. It's that the Lord pours out the love of God on Simon's life. Simon receives it. And then from the pouring out, there's an overflow in Bailey's life, and she experiences it. Now he's, she starts to receive it, and there's two things pouring, and now they're flowing out into their children. That's why it's not by our works. That's why on the wall out there, it's not that we love God, but that he loved us, right? We love him because he first loved us. So when we experience something in the kingdom, right, we come in, we're just like, and the king's like, hey, you're righteous in my sight based on nothing that you've ever done, Right? You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But here's my scepter, righteous. Nobody can take it from you because I'm the king. Right? And you're like, holy cow, that's incredible. Dave goes to work and encounters somebody that's beating themselves up about something that they did. He goes, dude, you don't even know what it's like because he's experienced something that they don't know what it's like. And now he, the same righteousness that the Lord anointed, anointed, revealed, anointed, gave, entrusted, empowered, whatever you want to call it, gave it to, to Dave where he sees it. Now he's equipped and called to now give that to somebody else. And God wants to do the same thing in this person's life, but he wants to do it through Dave. But most of the time we try to, like, we're like, man, we should give this to this person, this and that, instead of being like, no, I just, let me say it like this. The way we get there is we just continue to grow in it. So now the more that Dave understands and pursues righteousness in his heart, right? He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So Dave just says, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for righteousness. Nobody else is around. Dave's pursuing righteousness. What's going to come out when somebody has a problem or needs forgiveness? What he's full of, because he's pursuing something. So it's not by Dave's good works and he's a good Christian. He just sees something because he's been giving himself to it. This is what I'm saying. It makes perfect sense to me. Like, I'm like, wow, this makes perfect sense to me. I, it was always super mysterious. Like, how does God want to actually love people? Like, we're just like, Lord, would you just really touch Jared? Like, he's in a bad spot. Jared's my brother. I can, I can actually tell him how, like, what it's like. You know what I mean? I can tell him what it's like to be free. That's why freed people set people free. Yeah. And here's the problem is if we don't understand that, we'll live our lives feeling like, what is this even about? You'll, you'll live your life outside of purpose. You'll live your life feeling like, you're like, well, really, we'll live our lives just waiting for heaven. Because we've experienced something that we don't know why we experienced it. And the Lord doesn't just touch you so that he can touch other people, but that sure isn't part of his plan. Right? Because he knows that, because the Lord knows. He's like, if one turns to the Lord, they're blessed for a thousand generations. So he's pursuing one person. And if one person turns to the Lord, then Jared, his kids, his kids' kids' kids are all going to serve Jesus because of Jared. Plain and simple. That's a good word, dude. Right? It's a good word. I watched, I mean, I, I know it. Like, I don't remember who, like, was it Grandpa Moffat that got born again? He was the first one? Aunt Wilma. Yeah, one, my, my grandpa. Right? Yeah, my grandma's sister of, they had nine, eight in their family. Yeah, my grandpa's sister, I'm sorry. My grandpa's oldest sister gave her life to the Lord as a teenager. She led her whole family to the Lord. And then from there, that's the Moffat family. You can see the blessing of it. 
just because one teenager gave her life to the Lord. But that's what the Lord, the Lord, the Lord has vision. He doesn't just not have vision, right? We need to be people that live with vision. You understand? Like, we need to be people that live with vision and hope. And I, like, I, I, I'm not going to sit back and let things happen in the educational system, in the family structure, in people's health and wellness, in, in, in the arts and the culture that doesn't look like Jesus when I'm called to be the ambassador of the kingdom. When I'm called to live as the kingdom, as I'm supposed to live in this world as somebody that's not of this world, but live in this world. So here's the thing is we have to realize as believers, this is just one verse we read and we've been talking for a while, but we're supposed to live as believers. We are supposed to live with the awareness of the kingdom of God and the awareness that it's supposed to come in this world. Right? Jesus says it. This is what you're supposed to pray. So when we pray, we shut our door, we pray, we say, Father, how can we bring the kingdom of God into this situation? How can we bring the kingdom of God into the earth? How can we bring the kingdom into this family, into this person's life, into this business life, into this school system, into whatever we can? How do we bring the kingdom there? Think about this. What if every single person in this, in this, in this room right here started started to experience the love of God in such a way that they overflowed where they were at. How long until this whole area has changed? Let's say next Sunday that every church in all of Lansing had every, every single pew and every single seat filled. Do you think that Lansing's going to look any different? Think about it. Seriously, think about that. Every single church in all of Lansing, if everybody was in church the next Sunday, do you think that Lansing would look any different? But let's just say that this many people in this room, I don't even know how many is in here. I don't count because he told David not to, not to number the Israelites. <laughs> no, just kidding. But if everybody in this whole room right here experienced the love that was like no other and gave that same love to, to just one or two people around them this week, how long until the whole area has changed? Seriously, think about that. It's what we're called to as believers. It's what we're called to as Christians. It's what we're called to as friends of the king. Is there any questions? Yeah. Here. <laughs> Brittany. <clears throat> So going off of what you said, I had some a coworker um, that I work with, and she's uh, in the Indian religion. Mm. Uh, I don't even know. Hindu? Not, not that, but it's something else. But her whole family is like that too. And one day she um, was struggling to study for her test, and I'm just walking around the building, and she's like, can you pray to your God? Because I am so frustrated I can't get anything done. <laughs> and I'm like, sure <laughs> like so unexpected and I come up and sit next to her she's like oh you're gonna do it now thinking I was gonna do it in private yeah. and I'm like yeah give me your hands yeah and I said a short and sweet prayer and when I got done she's like what was that mm. and she got she's like I felt like a current up my whole body and I was like that's the Holy Spirit that's God yeah amen and she asked me questions every so often and like I'm just trying to be the light yeah. into my workplace, and mm -hmm. I can see it coming into fruition around with the other coworkers around me. Yeah, and the joy and the laughter that we share. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's so good. That's a perfect example. That's awesome, Brittany. Good word. Do you still have your questions? Um, I was just wondering if you could elaborate on what churches. And you were talking about the difference between church and, like, the kingdom and what we're doing. Like, what do you mean by church, then, if this is not just about a Sunday service? Yeah, so the church is, the church is God's family in a specific area, in a specific region, right? That's why DeWitt is not just the, it's not the fullness of the church of God in the world. It's a part, it's a part of the body of the church of God in the entire area, in the entire world, right? So thinking about this, the church is God's primary vehicle to impact the world. And when the church loses that 
primary goal, then we become self-focused. We become introspective. We become, we just get off because we don't have, we're not on purpose. We're not on goal and we're not on, we're not on pace for what we're doing, right? That's why any, like you look at any business model anywhere, like any good one, like the culture, people know what they're there for. Like they have very, very easy job descriptions. They're like, this is what, this is what we're called to do every day, right? Chick-fil-A, we're called my pleasure. That's what we're here to do. Like whatever you need, it's my pleasure to do it. Like that's what they're there for. And everybody knows it. But when you don't know it, you lack purpose. You lack, you lack, we like when humanity wakes up outside of what God's called them to be and called them to do, then we live outside of purpose and we're frustrated and discouraged, right? So when we wake up outside of God's purpose for our lives personally, then we live, we live discouraged, frustrated, and we don't really know why we're here. We might not say it out loud, but that's the way we're living. So the church at large is the church comes together to now bring that same kingdom into the earth. Like we gather on a Sunday so that we can be encouraged just like this, so that we can go out and be the, be the light, be the salt, be the earth, or be the, be the salt, be the light, and be the leaven in the society. And that's kind of why we're doing this coffee shop in just a practical sense is how do we take the salt, how do we take the leaven, and how do we take the light, and how do we take it and put it into the dough, put it into the meal, put it into the kingdom of God, or how do we take the kingdom and put it into society somewhere to where it can impact somewhere, Right? What I want us to do is in every area of our lives, I want us to see like, what does it look like for the kingdom of God to now come and impact this area? What does it look like for the kingdom of God to impact this family? Like you might just be a stay-at-home mom. What does it look like to experience the kingdom of God here? Right? What does it look like to experience the kingdom of God in your workplace where you're at? It's so crazy. Nate, when Nate was working at Family Tree in DeWitt, can I tell this testimony? I'm already too far in. <laughs> Nate was working at Family Tree in DeWitt. They have bomb deep fried pickles. Bomb. Some of the best, probably the best in Lansing in my opinion. Nate was the deep fried pickled man. He was the guy that was making them. What did they say about you when you were working there? Not about you, about the pickles. They're the best they've ever been. And Nate's just like, I'm just worshiping Jesus, just battering pickles back there. But think about it. It's a funny thing, but think about this. Because Nate... Because Nate is touched by heaven and has the wisdom of God and has the king of kings living on the inside of him, what he touches is blessed. That's what he touches. That's why Chick-fil-A does more business than everybody else. Because they're, because they're believers. Because, they, because they're living in the kingdom with a king's domain. And they're sub, here's the thing. Man, this is so good. God's kingdom and his wisdom works regardless, regardless of whether people believe in him or not. Right? God's, God's wisdom and his, his, the kingdom of God, the nature of the kingdom works regardless of if men believe in him or not. That's why a believer in any situation, if they have the wisdom of God, can answer any problem at any time. And if, they, if the business starts to see that, like, just like Joseph, they're like, anything that Joseph touches turns to gold. So Pharaoh's like, we're going to bring this dude to the highest place and we're going to give him whatever he needs because whatever he touches turns to gold because God was with him. Plain. It was one of my favorite scriptures in all the Old Testament. It says, Joseph is being sold as a slave on the, on the slave block, naked as a slave. And it says, and he was a blessed man because the Lord was with him. He has nothing to show, but he, the Lord was with him. And then everywhere Joseph went, injustice, in the prison, whatever it is, he doesn't matter what he's facing. People are trying to destroy him and you just put him anywhere and he's going to rise to the top because he understood one thing that he had the Lord with him plain and simple that's why all the way through the old testament Jacob Jacob in the old testament is is trying to get the birthright he's like everything that Jacob was trying to do in the old testament was trying to deceive so that he could get the blessing of God on his life he could get because God was with him now God was blessed in his life and now because of believers we've experienced something because of faith in Jesus like, what you've experienced, faith in Jesus. You didn't earn it, didn't deserve it. That's why it's available to everybody, because you're not that good. And everybody else isn't that good, right? Because it's by grace that you've experienced it. So if you experience something by grace, you're available to now give that same thing by grace, right? That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, he's like, go out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. He's like, freely you have received, now freely give it. 
What we've received is a free gift, and what we get to give is a free gift. But guys, I want us to see that the kingdom of God can work in any situation with the, with the wisdom of God in our hearts. So it's like, let's say, let's say that Tyler, where he's working, just says, all right, Lord, I'm here to be a blessing to this person that I'm working for. Because I'm working for the Lord, I'm not working for them. But I'm go- they're going to be blessed because I work here. And now no matter what happens, no matter what, what they say, I want to live in the wisdom of God. So let's say that there's a problem that comes up. And Tyler believes that the kingdom of God is in him and he has wisdom for the problem. Do you think that the Lord is going to speak to Tyler about that one situation? Would you anyone say yes or no? Right? Why? Because God's intimately involved in Tyler's life. And God intimately wants to know everybody else that Tyler's around. So he's going to use a problem that Tyler is seeking God for wisdom on, right? Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He's going to come to the guy that knows God. Tyler's probably going to know because Tyler knows God. So Tyler's going to give an answer to a problem, and they're going to start to see that, like, wow, that's a really good solution. All it is is the kingdom. I remember I was sitting with a buddy that was, he didn't even believe in the Lord, and he's talking about working and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, what if you just woke up and you just worked for God and you didn't work for the people that you were serving? And he's just like, holy cow, man, that's such good advice. I'm like, that's scripture. You just don't know it. That's, the, that's Colossians chapter 3. <laughs> You've never read it. But he was like, that's amazing. Blue is mine. He's like, what? I would. I would just wake up if I wasn't working for them and their approval. I'm like, this is crazy to me. But wisdom answers the problems in the world. So Tyler can now act. Tyler will actually very quickly, because he's filled with joy, filled with hope, filled with love. He's a good worker. Right? The kingdom of God makes good workers. They're not lazy people. They shouldn't be. Right? So he's a good worker. He's going to rise to the top of whatever, wherever he's at because of the kingdom in him, because of what God's done in his life. And now pretty soon, Tyler just faithfully loving Jesus, loving his wife, going to work, doing a good job with wisdom, with the kingdom of God on the inside of him. People will start to see the kingdom in his life. People will start to wonder why he's so joyful. People will start to wonder why he's so happy. People will start to wonder why he has answers for problems that people don't have. There's a story, and this is, I'll end with this. This is probably my favorite, like, his name's Hans Nielsen Hauga. He's from, he's from Norway. He, uh, Hans Nielsen Hauga. Hans, Hans Nielsen, son of Neil. So anyone that has, like, Johnson, your son of John. That's all from Scandinavian culture. It's true. Like Johansson? Okay. Say, yeah, she's in the nursery. Like, that's right. No. Hans Nielsen Hauga, seriously. He was a revivalist from like the early 1900s, 1800s. He, he like, he, tr- he preached the gospel and he got thrown in jail all the time because he wasn't of the clergy. Because only the clergy could preach. And he was a lay preacher, so he'd go from town to town preaching. And I, I, like, I read some of his books. It's amazing. But the guy would walk, and he's like, he'd start talking to this guy because he's plowing his field. And he starts talking to this guy, and he's like preaching the gospel to the guy, and the guy has nothing to do with it. He goes, he was a heathen. That's what the, the guy said. He said, he, he was a heathen. He goes, oh, I see how you're farming. He goes, have you ever thought about farming like this? Because I'm a farmer. Turn this guy's whole business in, upside down because he started a different farming practice. The dude turns to the Lord because of it. Hans Nielsen Hauga, wherever he, he started thousands of businesses that transformed Norway. Like, Norway right now still celebrates Hans Nielsen Hauga Day. They, they, they cut out all the Christian stuff. But they, they, because he revolutionized the whole, there was a salt, there was a salt shortage in Norway. He was in jail for preaching the gospel. The higher up said, hey, we know how we can fix this. This guy will know. They pull him out of prison. They say, what do we do about the salt crisis? He starts a salt factory. They become one of the biggest exporters of salt in the whole region. Turns the country back around. They put him back in prison. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. And I'm like, this guy right here, what he, like, every single believer should live their life like that. It doesn't have to be on a grand scale in a country, but it could just be in a small business. It could just be in a family. It could just be in your classroom. It could just be in your school. It could just be whatever it's at. You just have to believe that God has placed you there for such a time as this. Right? You have to believe that. And if you don't believe that, then what we'll do is we'll light a lamp, and we'll take that bushel, and we'll put it over top of it. 
And I'm not trying to be condemning, but we have to see that God wants us to be on fire and he wants to put us on a lampstand so that all can see it. And it's not any, like Hans Nielsen Howe was like, I don't know anything. I'm just, I'm a man that knows God. And if you know God, you got answers. And if you know God, you got peace. And if you know God, you got hope, right? So anybody in any situation, if somebody has hope, they're going to have the most influence in the room. If you have a bad situation in a, in a school, if you have a bad situation in a town, if you have hope, you're going to be the guy that everyone's going to listen to because you see something that everybody else doesn't see. It's what we are called to be as believers. We're called to live at, in the kingdom of God. And guys, just us in this room, if we would grasp this and if we would get this understanding, if we would just say, hey, I'm going to commit my life to this, wherever you're at right now, your family, your business, your school, believe that God has placed you there for such a time as this and just ask, okay, Father, what does it look like for me to bring the kingdom into this world right now in this place? We would absolutely transform our, our, our sphere of influence, right? Because I'm not going to go to professional metalworks where Andrew works, right? I'm not going to go to Nate's school, I, I, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that Nate knows who he is so that he can go to his school, Right? We're not, all called, we're not called to just bring people into the church, and this is what I'm talking about with your question. Is like our goal is to be the church and not just gather as the church. Gathering is very important, but it's not the entire goal of the church. The entire goal of the church is to bring the kingdom into the, earth, into the world. Any other questions? I'm going to finish right there. It's very, very important for us to see. Very, very, very important for us to see that we are called to manifest the king. And the kingdom of God looks like something. And where people would rise up and actually look, if people would rise up and just say yes to letting the king do what he wants to do, man, our lives, our businesses, our neighborhoods, our towns, our cities, our schools would look a lot different because there would be people that believed that they could influence society, would bring positive, because everybody, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. So when, there are, when people are, are living or, I, I would say, accepting righteous thoughts and, and mindsets, there can be a lot of transformation. There can be unbelievable transformation. And this is why, like, just, you guys kind of springboarded me with just talking about this coffee shop. But, like, this is why the coffee shop is, a, is just a small area that we're pursuing is because we want to impact this whole region and then this country and then this world. But we want to impact this whole region, and this is a way that we can do it. So if you want to be a part of it, like, you can come talk to us more. Talk to me or Simon, Jared, Tyler, or anyone you want to talk to. Everybody knows about it now, but you can talk to anybody you want to talk to, but if you want to be a part of it, our, like, we're believing that we're going to, it's going to be a, a, a huge impact. But other than that, regardless, I want us to see this for our own personal lives, and I want us to see this for where we're headed as the body of Christ at large. Because things are going to keep getting darker, which means that we're going to shine a lot brighter. And we don't have to have a theology and a mindset that everything is going to get, go to hell in a handbasket. Right? It's going to hell in a handbasket because we're not saying anything or doing anything. Right? The school systems are going to hell in a handbasket because there's not Christians that are sitting on the boards making decisions. Right? Or at least standing up and letting their voice be heard because they wouldn't let it happen if they knew. Right? Because if Jesus actually gave the disciples the authority and the power to do what they needed to do, then the person that, then if there was problems, they would probably go to the person that had the authority and the power. Right? So let's accept that as a believer. God wants to do what he wants to do, but he wants to do it through you. Amen? Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We'll have our prayer guys come up. Michelle, you can go. Jerry, you can go. Ty's got a baby. Nate, go with him. You got a baby, so you can't pray. <clears throat> You're disqualified. No. <laughs> but we're going to have it up here for anyone that wants prayer for anything. If you need, like we've been saying, if you need healing in your body, if you want to experience the kingdom of God come upon you, now's the time. But other than that, I want us to just pray, and I believe that the Lord is going to impart wisdom, and I believe he's going to impart vision to people. We've been talking about, a lot about it in the last couple of weeks, but I believe that, I believe the kingdom of God is going to start to touch earth, and he's going to touch it through us and through our hands, through our minds, through our ideas. Um, 
So I just, if, you, if that's something that you want, would you just open your hands like this and let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that divine wisdom is ours. We thank you, Father, that, man, that you have a desire and a longing to touch people's lives through our lives. And Lord, you have a desire and a longing to touch our lives. That even if, Father, we, we, you know, we feel like we're not touching anybody, we feel like we're just all by ourselves, Lord. We thank you that, man, you are longing to pour the kingdom and give the kingdom to us. Like I'm reminded of the scripture, Father, where it just says that it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So, Father, we're just thankful that it's available for us. Right now, I feel like there's um, maybe some questions or uh, some problems that have yet to be answered in uh, whether it's family or people's jobs. I feel like the Lord is just going to bring clarity right now to it. And you're either, whether it be right now, whether it be later, but you're going to have divine wisdom and understanding on how to handle the situation, how to handle the person, how to handle whatever, but there's going to be clarity and wisdom and you're going to actually be able to, to um, just to manifest what God would do in the situation. So Father, we just thank you for just clearing people's minds. We thank you for just clearing their understanding and for just opening hearts up, Father, to believe that it's possible to experience your kingdom in this earth. We thank you, Jesus. Thanks for being our king. Thanks for being our, our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll have a prayer team up here. You guys are dismissed. No Christmas Eve, no Christmas Day service. Just remember that. Amen. All right, y'all.